the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The WLCC Brandon. Faith Talk Tampa. Download the Faith Talk Tampa app or listen on TuneIn and Odyssey. The following is sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries and is pre recorded. The key issue for pastors, as for all of us, is to make sure that we don't let sinful attitudes, those inner sinful attitudes, which nobody else sees, but we know that they are there, those sinful attitudes, we have to make sure that they don't corrupt us, that they don't corrupt us. It's relatively easy, you see, for pastors to look like they have it together on the outside, but that's exactly how the Pharisees appeared. These men were outwardly devout looking, but inwardly they were ungodly. I mean, Jesus called them whitewashed tombs because they looked clean on the outside, just like a tomb, but inwardly they were full of rotting decay. like to have an outward look that says, I have it all together. However, as Pastor Steve just said, the inward part of us is what counts. Hello and welcome to Verse by Verse, a radio program featuring the teaching of Pastor Steve Kreloff. He is the pastor of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. One thing I have in front of me right now is a script of this entire message. I can look ahead and see what Pastor Steve will be talking about today. Would you like to know what it is? (laughs) Among other things, Pastor Steve is going to address inner holiness. That is vitally important for pastors and spiritual leaders, and really all of us. So I hope you are ready to be challenged by God's Word on today's Verse by Verse. In light of Paul's command to these men to be on guard for yourselves, we need to ask ourselves then the question, how do you do this? What does this entail? How is an elder, or for that matter, any Christian, how are they supposed to guard their own life in order to protect themselves from Satan's assaults? Well, it all begins with making sure that you spend time in the Word of God and in prayer. And not because, and I say this to those who are elders, not because you have to prepare a weekly sermon or you have lessons to prepare. That's the temptation. Just be a professional sermon maker. But no, you need to spend time in the Word to have your own soul fed apart from what you do for the church. You need to have personal time, personal fellowship with the Lord. You need to have a daily quiet time where you meet with the Lord. You take in Scripture You apply it to your own life and you pour out your heart to God in prayer. You see, elders need to make sure that they are obeying the word of God in their own lives, lest they be hypocritical and preaching truth to others, but failing to obey it themselves. 
And they especially need to guard their hearts against such things as being bitter towards those in the church who criticize them, becoming discouraged when people leave the church, giving into the temptation to laziness, and doubting God's power and ability to be faithful to his word. These are the kinds of things that pastors tend to struggle with, and therefore they need to guard their hearts from letting these things negatively affect their relationship with Christ. See, the key issue for pastors, as for all of us, is to make sure that we don't let sinful attitudes, those inner sinful attitudes, which nobody else sees, but we know that they are there, those sinful attitudes, we have to make sure that they don't corrupt us, that they don't corrupt us. It's relatively easy, you see, for pastors to look like they have it together on the outside, but that's exactly how the Pharisees appeared. These men were outwardly devout looking, but inwardly they were ungodly. I mean, Jesus called them whitewashed tombs because they look clean on the outside, just like a tomb, but inwardly they were full of rotting decay. This is what Jesus said to these men in Matthew 23, starting verse 27. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are all like whitewashed tombs, which on the outside appear beautiful, but inside they're full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. So you too outwardly appear righteous to men, but inwardly you're full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. See, the Pharisees were never concerned with true inner holiness. They weren't concerned about that. They weren't concerned about the word of God addressing the sinful attitudes of the heart, like pride and lust and jealousy and anger and covetousness and attitudes like that. All they wanted to do was appear to look godly, to look good on the outside. But elders, elders in a church are not to be like that. They have to work at being holy by addressing sinful attitudes in their own lives. Concerning the need for holiness in a pastor's life, one Bible teacher said these words. He said, personal holiness is the requirement of true and powerful leadership. God calls for holiness that is not just outward in the eyes of men. True holiness is inward so that one can say with Paul, for our proud confidence is this, the testimony of our conscience, that in holiness and godly sincerity, not in fleshly wisdom, but in the grace of God, we have conducted ourselves in the world and especially toward you, 2 Corinthians 1.12. So to my fellow elders who I serve alongside with at Lakeside, I say to you what Paul said to the elders at Ephesus, be on guard for yourselves. Watch your own lives. Take time to be holy by making sure that you are paying attention to your own life by continuously nurturing your own souls. And so, that's the first responsibility. Paul said that elders have is to pay attention to their own lives. But as Paul continues addressing the elders, he tells them about a second responsibility they have, and that is they are to shepherd all the flock. And so we continue reading verse 28, be on guard for yourselves for all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God. Now, not only are elders responsible to look after their own spiritual lives, that's their first priority, but Paul charges them, as you see here, to also look after the spiritual lives of the members of the congregation 
that they serve. And he does this by using the imagery of a church as a flock. Why? Because he wants these elders to understand that God has placed them in the role of shepherds caring for their sheep. And that's why Paul tells them that the Holy Spirit has made them both overseers and shepherds. Now, this is critically important that everyone in the church needs to understand this truth. Paul states that it is the Holy Spirit, listen closely, it is the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, who makes men overseers of the church. In other words, it is the Spirit who sovereignly appoints men to be leaders in the church. And while he certainly uses people in the process of making his will known, there is a human process to this. Nonetheless, the Spirit is the one who ultimately chooses those who will be elders in each specific local church. That's what Paul is teaching here. And that's important, very important to understand because if the Spirit is the one who chooses the men who are to be elders in the church, then it is a great comfort, a great comfort to know that in the Spirit's sovereign wisdom, he has assigned just the right men to properly care for each church. Knowing this then, we can rest in the truth that the men who the Spirit has placed at Lakeside to lead this church, they're the very men who the Spirit in his wisdom deems best to serve us. He makes no mistakes. Here's how this works. We know from the New Testament that Jesus Christ is the head of the church. He's also the chief shepherd, but he's the head of the church. And the church, by church, the Bible means in this sense that I'm using it here, and the New Testament uses it, it includes all born-again believers all over the world. That's what we refer to as the universal church. All those who have trusted Christ for salvation in every corner of the world. But he then takes his worldwide church and he divides it into various flocks or local churches in different communities across the globe. And then the Holy Spirit raises up spiritually qualified men to serve as overseers of these local flocks or churches. And by overseer, Paul means that elders are responsible for the overall care of the church. The Greek word for overseer, and I'm only going to mention the Greek word because you'll see that it relates to something, but the Greek word for overseer is episkopos. Episkopos, I say that because we get our English word episcopal in reference to the Episcopalian church from this because this word is sometimes translated, and if you have a King James version of the Bible, it'll say bishop. This word is sometimes translated bishop, and the Episcopal Church has, as its form of church government, a system of bishops. But the word itself is overseer. It simply means one who supervises, one who manages, one who rules. That's the the thought. I think an easy way to understand this word is to know that it is actually comprised of two words that are brought together. The word to look and the word over. That's really self-explanatory. An overseer, then, is someone who looks over or keeps watch over someone else. It's as if they climb the ladder and they're looking over the church. That's what it is. In other words, elders have been placed in local churches by the Holy Spirit to watch over the people of the church, and thus they are referred to as overseers. However, 
Note this, the purpose for which the Spirit assigns men to be overseers, Paul says, is for them to shepherd the church of God. Notice again, verse 28, be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Now watch this, to shepherd, here's the purpose, he's made you an overseer to do what? To shepherd the church of God. Now, as I said a few moments ago, there is a human process by which these men are chosen to serve the church, such as they need to meet the spiritual qualifications. For an elder is laid down by Paul in 1 Timothy 3, Titus chapter 1. The congregation then needs to recognize and affirm that these men are qualified to lead them. But even though there is at a human level a process, as I said, by which they're chosen to serve, I reiterate, it is ultimately the Holy Spirit who raises up these men to be shepherds of each local congregation. Notice how Peter puts it in 1 Peter 5, starting at verse 1. He said, Therefore I exhort the elders among you as your fellow elder and witness of the sufferings of Christ and a partaker also of the glory that is to be revealed, shepherd the flock of God among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but voluntarily, according to the will of God, and not for sordid gain, but with eagerness. Now watch this. Nor yet is lording it over those allotted to your charge, but proving to be examples of the flock. And notice that Peter tells these elders that there is a flock of people, and by that he means the members of the local church that they serve, who have been allotted, he says, to your charge, meaning that it is the Spirit of God who has put these men in charge of this particular congregation for the purpose of shepherding them. That's exactly what Paul is telling the Ephesian elders in Acts chapter 20. In keeping with the analogy of God's people being a flock of sheep, Paul says that elders are shepherds or pastors, I told you it's the exact same word, are shepherds who are to lead their sheep. And what does that involve? Well, it involves guiding them, It involves protecting them from all sorts of dangers that threaten their spiritual lives. But listen closely, the primary work of shepherding is feeding the sheep. Elders do other things, but the primary work of shepherding is feeding the flock. And it's indicated in John chapter 21, you know the story, after the resurrection, Jesus appears to Peter to reaffirm that Peter is still an apostle. Remember, it's Peter who denied the Lord three times, and Jesus wants to reaffirm to Peter and renew his apostleship. And so, because Peter denied him three times, Jesus said to Peter three times, do you love me? And Peter keeps coming back, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, then tend or shepherd my sheep. Now, he said that three times, but it's different Greek words that he uses. In saying this, two times our Lord uses the word to feed, to feed, while only one time he uses the general word to shepherd, two different words. So we put this then together, we realize that what this is conveying is that the primary responsibility and the priority of a shepherd, of a pastor, is to provide food and nourishment for the sheep. That's the primary task. And that's exactly what elders are supposed to do. They are responsible for feeding God's people the word of God. Sadly, though, very sad, lots of pastors don't make it their priority. 
They'll make it their priority to feed their people the word of God. Consequently, their people are spiritually weak, very susceptible to strange beliefs and false teaching. Over the years, I have observed that there is a difference between Christians who attend churches with weak teaching pastors and Christians who are in churches with strong teaching pulpits and elders throughout. The the Christians who are under weak teaching, they're usually quite fuzzy and unclear as to what they believe. You ask them to articulate what they believe, they really don't know. Sometimes they have some rather bizarre views that are not biblical, but that's generally not the case with those who are well taught. They know what they believe. They can articulate what they believe. They're committed to living by scripture, and they're very discerning when it comes to distinguishing between truth and error. So it's very important to be in a place that you are fed. Now, I want you to look again at verse 28, and I want you to notice that in telling these elders from Ephesus who they are responsible to oversee and shepherd, that Paul distinctly says, note this, this is very important, all the flock. He says, be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock. Now, this is a very significant point because it means that elders are to shepherd, note this, not simply one segment of the church, But all of the church, Paul says, all the flock, the entire flock, every sheep. In other words, elders may have a sphere of ministry that they focus on, and elders do. Nevertheless, they are to care for all the members of the church, not just a a select and limited few. See, shepherding all the flock involves spending time and ministering to some sheep who can be difficult. Now, Nobody here, but some people who can be difficult. Some who are very high maintenance because they seem to make it a habit of straying from the truth over and over again. They need lots of counseling. They need lots of personal attention. Or sheep who are just, they're weak. They're fearful. They require a great deal of encouragement. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 14 Paul speaks of different kinds of Christians who make up a a church, who need different kinds of of shepherding based on their particular problems. Let me read this to you. 1 Thessalonians 5.14, Paul says, We urge you, brethren, admonish the unruly. Those are the disorderly people. Admonish them. Encourage the faint-hearted. So there are some who are unruly. There are some who are faint-hearted. Help the weak. So there are weak people. Be patient with everyone. Listen, those who are called to be elders are called to shepherd all of the flock, not simply those sheep who are easy to care for, and frankly, some are easier than others. Writing about how challenging it can be to shepherd sheep, Bible teacher and pastor John Stott said this. He said, sheep are not at all the clean, cuddly creatures that they may appear to be. In fact, they're dirty, subject to unpleasant pests, and regularly need to be dipped in strong chemicals to rid them of lice, ticks, and worms. They are unintelligent, wayward, and obstinate. And you'll like this, because he said, I hesitate to apply the metaphor too closely and characterize the people of God as dirty, lousy, or stupid. But then he says, but some people are a great trial to their pastors. Now he's right. Some are a great trial. But regardless of how difficult some sheep are to shepherd, elders, Paul said, 
are to minister to all of them by protecting them, by admonishing them, by encouraging them, and by being patient in teaching them, and if necessary, over and over and over again. And frankly, that can be very challenging at times because some sheep, just they're just difficult to care for. And as John Stott put it, they are a great trial to their pastors. And so what are elders then to do when faced with caring for sheep who are trying and difficult and require a great deal of attention and patience? Listen closely. Elders then must think correctly about the flock. Elders must think correctly about all the sheep. They must understand the true value and the worth of all of God's people. And that's what Paul reveals in the last few words of verse 28. He says, Be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd, now watch this, the church of God which he purchased with his own blood. Now notice how Paul describes the church. First he refers to it as the church of God, which means that the church belongs to God. It does not belong to men. That's a remarkably significant and rather comforting truth because it tells us that our church, along with other local churches, but our church does not belong to the elders, not at all. And therefore, it isn't the responsibility of elders to provide for the church and to sustain the church. This church belongs to God the Father. He's the one who brought it into existence many years ago in the 1950s. And he is the one responsible to maintain this church. It is his. It belongs to him. That's why every member of the church, all the flock, even the difficult sheep, are important to God. And that's why they are to be cared for and lovingly shepherded by the elders. Why? Because they belong to God. There are no unimportant members of this church. Each member is precious to God, and therefore they are to be precious to those whom God has assigned to care for them, namely the elders. And how did the church come to belong to God? How did this happen? Well, notice the last words of verse 28, which he purchased, meaning the church, with what? His own blood. Paul says that the church belongs to God because he purchased it, and he purchased it with his blood, meaning the blood of Christ that he shed at the cross. Now, not only does this statement affirm Paul's belief in the deity of Christ, because he does declare the essential unity of the Father and the Son, so that, as one theologian put it, and I quote, he hesitated not to speak of his sacrifice on Calvary as the shedding of the blood of God. But beyond the declaration of Christ's deity, what Paul is telling us is how precious and how valuable the church really is, the whole church. See, the church isn't merely another earthly and human institution created by man's ingenuity. It is God's church. It's been created by him. It's been paid for by him with the inestimable price of his son's life. Listen, the world really doesn't have a clue as to how important and how meaningful the church is. That's been evident by the fact that during this whole pandemic, churches have not been considered essential. That's absolute nonsense. In God's eyes, there is nothing more essential than the church. 
and nothing more valuable and precious to him on earth than the church. And that's why he has placed his sovereignly chosen elders to care for his church because he loves his church and it is through his elders that he demonstrates his love and concern for the church by using them to shepherd the flock. Did you catch what Pastor Steve just said a minute or so ago? He said there are no unimportant members of the church. Each member is precious to God. That's also why Paul has stressed to the Ephesian elders the importance of caring for the flock, because they are redeemed by the blood of Christ. God loves His church. That fact should remind each of us how important it is for pastors to carefully tend their flock. And let me just add something that wasn't in the message, but we can apply it. It is vital that as church members, we pray for our pastors. For their, It is vital that as church members, we pray for our pastors, for their inner holiness, for their love for the Bible and the flock, for their health and well-being. And we could have a very long list. And I would encourage you to make up a prayer list for your pastor. May I also encourage you to please join us next time when Pastor Steve Kreloff will continue with this series, Farewell of a Faithful Shepherd. May I also encourage you to join us next time when Pastor Steve Kreloff will continue with this series, A Faithful Shepherd Says Farewell. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.